Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, moms. We're so glad you're tuning in to listen to our Mom to Mom podcast. Today's podcast is part of a three part series with our guest, Deborah Bullock. Deborah is a wife, mother, and grandmother. Deborah and her husband, Harold, planted an innovative congregation in Fort Worth, Texas, which planted over 200 churches and ministries. Our church is actually a granddaughter of their ministry. Deborah is a veteran mom who has a wealth of wisdom to share with us. My prayer is that this podcast encourages and equips you to parent God's way. And now the fifth and final of the methods that I was going to share is the root. And I call it root because it's the path that you need to take through the different types of learning that a child does in order to go from the initial point of them hearing about this quality, this life response, to where it's actually coming out in their hands and feet, in their act. And what it is based on are just the different types of learning that people do. There's, you know, mental learning, cognitive learning. There's like effective learning, like deals with attitudes, with values and perspectives. And then there's like skill learning, actually, how to do the how-to. So it's a wave on each life response. And as you look at your child, be reminded of the different steps you're going to need to take to really get it packed into their life, where it comes out in their actions. And what I based it on is what you see when you look at your child. You see they have ears. see their forehead and you know behind there there's a mind. Somewhere, sometimes they seems to be asleep, but there is a mind there. You see their eyes, see their mouth. And then you look down at their chest, you know there's a heart. And then you see their hands and feet. Each type of learning, each type of instruction that we need to do is going to be related to those three parts. As you can tell, I need all the help I can get remembering, so that is an easy way for me to remember the different strokes I need to make, the different things I need to hit on to help this quality get in their life. The first is the ear. Now, if you're a mom, you know that to say something does not mean it's hurt. Whether you're standing two feet away from them or 10 feet away, hearing in the sense of really hearing means get their attention. One way to get their attention about it is to link this quality to something they want to be. And at whatever age they are, they might want to be a courageous firefighter. They might want to be a wife, a leader. They might want to be a great athlete, a warrior of some kind. Is there a way that this quality helps people who do that. And in most cases, it's easy to think of how, when you think of those 10 qualities, if someone's really successful as a firefighter, a wife, leader, you know, they have used this. So you want to tell a good way to do this. Hey, you know, I saw you doing this quality. Do you know what? Firefighters need that, you know, or whatever it is. And boy, suddenly, they are so glad they're doing it and 
the next time when they're not doing it, say, oh, wow, you know what? I know you can do this, and I know you want to be like a firefighter, and this will be real important for you to get this down now, you know, to begin practicing doing this. Another way is to provide opportunities or just use the opportunities that come up for them to practice something they enjoy, but that also involves using that same life response, that character quality. For instance, maybe they really like cooking or giving them an opportunity to cook for someone and then how they're going to share it with someone, how it can show love to others. Maybe your daughter really likes to kind of help with kids and maybe the two of you go over and watch someone's child and how we're doing, you did that, that helped her so much, that loved her and probably the mom, you know, you tell her how you're daughter helped and the mom's going to tell her, oh, that loved me so much, you know. And so it really in, can encourage them, but in something they like. And maybe a boy, actually, there's some little work project that he would just really enjoy doing. And so you tell him to do it and you tell him how to do it. And then you can really praise him later on the way he obeyed thoroughly, he obeyed quickly, and boy, that obeying. You know, sometime you may get to be a, a build a house, you know, and you will have learned how to obey quickly and obey whatever rules your boss, construction boss, gives you. And that's the method of acknowledging growth in one of these qualities where they've been growing in it, they've been improving, with a gift that symbolizes or reminds them of that quality and a gift that encourages them. Now, we were not just giving gifts every day. This was kind of a special thing, but it really had a positive impact. When our daughter, Gina, was about five, I began to notice that there was some struggle with honesty. I began to notice that. It was not terrible or anything, but I could see it growing some. Her birthday was coming up, and I prayed and I asked God for ideas, because I was really kind of a little bit stuck and what to do. So he gave me the idea for her birthday party, giving her gifts that would encourage her. Each one would encourage her in one of these qualities kind of that she was progressing in. And then one that I could say I had seen some progress in. That was the honesty. <laughs> it was not as much, but you know, some and a gift that would represent that. Now again, I am not encouraging you to do anything this elaborate, but this particular example brings out a number of different things you can do. So I also like acrostics, making acrostics, and so I thought, well, I'll make an acrostic with her name that will relate to each gift. And I'll make these in real big letters and we'll present the letter at the party. I'll share a scripture that relates to that quality. So here's what I did. Her name's Gina, G-I-N-A. So G stood for gentle and gentle is one of the words used in scripture about a wife to be cherished. And it really relates to obeying, but responding to the husband's direction. Well, like most little five-year-old girls, she was into, you know, brides and thought brides and weddings were the, the best. And so 
got her a little bride dress. And then I was industrious, and she was. She, if you know her, she gets so much done, and she loved to help clean. So a little, little broom, you know, a little toy broom. And then for in, uh, I did noble, and I related it to Queen Esther, but Queen Esther in leading, she led, but she also really followed what her uncle, the advice he gave her, and also it's someone who can lead, but they've learned to follow well. And she was brave to lead out in doing what was right. And then A, A was accurate and got her a Minnie Mouse watch. And because, so she would accurately know the time. Well, we presented all those, she loved them, and I knew, too, it was a gift, like she would enjoy using the bride dress. She would enjoy using her watch. Not every little girl was, but I knew she would thoroughly enjoy using the broom. And, oh, the noble, I think, uh, Esther, I think it was a little tiara, little crown. We presented it, and there were a few close friends who, you know, were part of the church there, and she was just thrilled. As it turned out, she kept those that acrostic on her wall for a long, long time. And she told me later that, though she did not still wear the mini, mini mouse watch in college, that just a watch or, you know, time. Actually, God sometimes used that to remind her to be honest at some points, that it was helpful to have that reminder. Then, even, even more interesting, when she got to college, she told her roommate about the, the acrostic. And so she and her roommate decided to make acrostics with the other person's name to encourage them. So her roommate made up one for Gina, and she made up one for Andrea, and they put those on the wall. And then when friends came in, they could tell, well, these are some things I saw in the other person. And then when Gina's daughter, I think it was turned seven, Anyhow, I was there at the party. She did a similar party that involved a bride dress and then different things based on her daughter's name. So again, I share that not for you to do all that kind of party, but that caught her ear. It had her attention. It involved where she could continue to play with it and do things she enjoyed. It was a very positive reminder, and it was 75% encouragement. <laughs> Three of those qualities were, you know, real strengths, and so it just kind of gathers up and may give ideas, but don't feel you have to do that every day for every quality. The next stop on the route is the mind, and this means we have to get enough content into their mind that they understand what this life response is. They need a, a definition of it. They need to read and hear all kinds of stories of people, whether in the Bible or in history, maybe even in the newspaper, that have exemplified these qualities. And sometimes those who chose to do the opposite, stories of bad results when we make choices to go against the quality that we know is right. It also is going to involve 
engaging their mind, asking them questions, getting feedback to see if they do understand, and have them explain it to you or a sibling or someone else. That's generally the way you can tell if it's really in there, they really understand what you're talking about, what this quality is. One of the best ways to get these qualities into a child's mind is through scripture memory. Helping them memorizing the scriptures that talk about these qualities and or the benefits. There really is power in a person getting scripture into their mind. One way that I saw this with my son John was just as part of his schooling, he was memorizing the Beatitudes, a section of scripture where Jesus is talking and he says, wow, people who does this is truly happy or just talking about the benefits. He was telling people, these are some of the things you really want to aim for and here are the benefits. Well, so John was memorizing that passage and one night, oh, about midnight, and he, he was, oh, I don't know, maybe about 10, and he had gone to sleep, I was quite sure. But I walked past his room, and I heard him talking. I thought, what is going on? <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else in the room. So I quietly went on in the room, and he was sleep talking, and what he was doing was quoting the Beatitudes. And the part that I happened to walk in on was where it says, blessed are the merciful and blessed are the peacemakers. And a very interesting thing, both of those qualities became really strong in his life with his peers and in school. He was the one to include someone who maybe the others were not including, someone who was more on the outside. And, and even going on into his adult years, who could draw some different factions together. And it was just amazing to see God promises if we get his word in our minds, he will use it in our lives. And so I highly recommend helping your kids memorize scriptures, especially related to these goals. Asking them questions, having them repeat things back to you helps you know, yes, is this getting into their mind. Another way to both get it into their mind but also their eye. The eye represents helping them get a vision, helping them see themselves as a person who has developed this quality. It might be as an adult or, or just as still a child, but help them see themselves what they would look like and see themselves becoming that person. And a great way of doing that is reading to them stories in the Bible, pick different people in the Bible who exemplified these characteristics and read those stories. If your children have a bit of a dramatic flair, you can either have them as you're maybe reading the story, have them read the lines of that main person who is exemplifying it. And you can also let them develop plays. Jessica loved drama and plays. And we did a lot of plays from the Bible and historical people in our house. She loved putting those together and all the kids got to participate and say the lines. And it really helps with being able to say them, but also it just helps make that story come alive when they act it out. And they get to see what that person actually had to choose when they made this statement in the Bible. 
And of course, John loved the stories of the brave warriors. And one of the things that really helped envision himself came as I was praying one day and asking God to come up with a specific prayer that I could pray for John each night for him, who he would become. I would pray other things, but that just I could consistently pray for him and with him. So what God led me to was to pray that he would become a man who loved God and loved people and who was brave to do what's right. And it's really been interesting to me to see, and it was as time went along, how God actually built that in him and just saw him many times. There were his middle school years where a lot of the boys decided they wanted to bully and really just kind of harass and make fun of one of the guys who was really, really intelligent. And John stood up to them and told them why it was wrong and, and they stopped. Then uh, he was always really interested then in things about bravery. And one time he gave a speech where he read a book about a person who had made some really tough choices to stand up for Christ. And so God used that, and as an adult continues to use it, I see a number of ways where he has been brave to stand up for what is right. And I encourage you to pray. Ask God to show you prayers and things to pray for your children. The next stop on the route is the mouth. And this basically involves helping the kids, giving them opportunities to say with their mouth what this quality is, to say scriptures about it, to say reasons for doing it. As a person says things, it helps lodge it in their mind and often to some degree in the heart as they are actually saying, yes, this is, this is right. Some of the ways that you can do this and that I've used, one thing is to make up songs. When I made up a song that emphasized what they needed to know kind of about this this quality I mean it's stuck and so you may not be much of a singer or songwriter but the fact you make it up and you sing it for them will go a long way one thing I would encourage especially with younger kids is to find some simple songs that get right to the heart of the matter and you may find that song, you may be able to even condense maybe a popular worship song or a hymn or something down to where it will be easy for them to remember and sing. Anyhow, one of the songs came up when Jessica was with me. She was, oh, I don't know, three or four. We were making a trip from Oklahoma back to Texas, and it was dark at night, and something she thought she saw something out the window anyhow had a real scary experience something she thought she saw and she was really scared by it and so i took part of the words from a childhood song i had learned and then it was what time i am afraid i shifted it to when i am afraid and i just put in the points we had just talked about it relates to trusting god uh, fear is one of the opposites of trusting God. And so when we're struck with fear, that's when we really need to, to trust God. So anyhow, the song I made was this. 
When I am afraid, I will trust in God. When I am afraid, I will trust in God. God sees, God knows, God can do anything. When I am afraid, I will trust in God. The things we had talked about were knowing that God saw whatever it was. You know, he sees whatever scary either situation we're in or just the fact we're scared, even if there may not be anything dangerous around. God knows what it was. He knows what to do about whatever it is that is causing me to be afraid. And he sees, he knows, and he can take care of it. And that turned out to be very helpful for her. And actually, that song used it with the other kids. And each, each of the kids have been using it with their children. Another song that I made up with the kids was based on their name, just because, again, in kind of getting a child's ear, their name is very important to them. And so I made it up to sing at night just to help them go to sleep and not just to relax, but to relax knowing God was there with them and would take care of them through the night. And let's see, let me use Jessica in this one. I've inserted whichever child's name I was singing to after I prayed for them at night. So, Mommy loves you, Daddy loves you, God loves you, Jessica. Mommy loves you, Daddy loves you, God loves you, Jessica. God is the one who holds you in his arms. He is the one who comes to help you. Mommy loves you, Daddy loves you, God loves you, Jessica. And this is the second of two songs, the only two, that our kids use with their kids. But songs are not the only way. You may enjoy making up rhymes. You can make up kind of a running rhyme with a little bit of a military cadence like uh, soldiers do. They go da 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 And boys love running around and around and around just kind of hollering that out. So with a definition, one of the qualities, you can make that up for them. They'll love running around doing that. Or if your girls like doing the clapping or the clap and do a clap each other's hands and do a rhyme, you may want to make up something like that. But maybe your skills are a little more in the, the artistic and perhaps photography and you know with cell phones we can all be great photographers and so one of the things that was really effective was some picture books that I made when the kids were young now that was before cell phone pictures and where you had to go get the pictures developed and when they sold these little photo albums that were about the size of I don't know four by six or something I had scriptures that I was working on with Jessica wanted her to learn that related a scripture that related to most of these qualities or life responses and I would look for opportunities to take a picture or I would look through some of the stacks of pictures I had of Jessica and look for pictures that caught her doing it right and so for instance, 
on sharing. I had a picture of, just had I think her and a doll and another little friend. And she was probably about two when sharing is kind of a, a big choice. So she had that day shared her doll with her friend. In the book on one side, in one of the little pages on a card I had written, do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And then on the other, I had the picture of her and the girl. And I mean, kids love looking at pictures of themselves. And so she loved going through that book. And so as we'd look at them, we would say the verse and I'd ask her, do you remember what you did? And do you remember how your friend was just so happy that you shared with her and a lot of the other qualities and uh, scripture to go with it. Maybe I would ask her, what's the scripture that this shows you doing? And she would say it. Now, the picture books were, were a really big hit. And again, it helps them see themselves doing what's right. And it gives an opportunity for them to verbalize the scripture and them to verbalize, say with their mouth what it was that they did and say with their mouth the benefit that came from that. The next stop is the heart. And this really is uh, working on perspective, helping these life responses, these ideas that this is right or this is true helping move that from a belief of that's true to a conviction. This is real. This is important. It's also the heart is where they make the move from choosing to do what's right when they're encouraged to do it to choosing to do what's right, even in situations where no one may know. When you think of what destination that we're moving our kids toward. It is toward teenage years and then especially when they're out on their own. They're going to be making choices and taking actions and we're not going to be around. We're not going to know. And they're often going to do that where maybe no person will know. And the importance of working on helping kids move from this is true to this is real. This is so important. I'm going to choose to do it. Even if it's very unpleasant, even if I don't want to, I'm going to do it. Even if my parents don't know, nobody else knows. One of the ways you know this has happened is when they come back and tell you from something and they just on their own volunteer to tell you, hey, I, I you know, chose to do this. One of the ways is often giving them opportunities to be out away from you. I mean, it can be in a safe environment, but where you know they're going to have to make this type of choice, just to give them an opportunity to be in a difficult situation where you know they're going to have to make some choices to do what's right in these areas, to choose these life responses, and it's going to be hard. Because that's the type of thing where this really becomes, this is real. I'm going to do this no matter what. You know, perhaps one of the most effective ways in working these values, these life responses into your child's heart is to actually share your heart. If you are going through something difficult where it is really testing your values, 
you know, is this real? Am I going to respond as if God is real, that he loves me? Am I really going to trust him is to share appropriately with them and give them opportunities to trust God also. Harold and I had decided to start praying for the money or just for God to provide a schnauzer for us. And Jessica really wanted a dog and we had got counsel through a person who really walked with God that to get go ahead and get like a registered dog, which meant the price was up. Well, we had almost zero money back when Jessica was really little, zero flexible money. So we started praying, and so we decided to let her join us in that. You know, we said, you know, God will do good. We're going to pray for this, but that was really kind of a risk to ask a three-year-old if she wanted to pray for something that really pretty looked important possible, but we knew God could do it. So she joined us in praying, and we prayed for a dog, and she prayed for a dog. I think it could have been six months, and that's a long time for a little one. And I was just calling out to God, you know, myself, God, I don't know how much longer she could keep trusting you. So then a little bit after that, God did provide the dog. So we let her come up with a name, but then put a meaning with it that related to God providing. And so even at a young age, let her in. We knew we would need to be prepared. You know, God doesn't always provide, but to let her actually step out in trusting something big with us. Uh, A much bigger thing occurred when she was five, not too far from six, and that was we had a little six-month-old daughter die. We let her join with us and kind of shared our hearts with her as we prayed and, you know, both through the time that she was sick, but afterwards in praying that God would give us another daughter. And I had had a couple of miscarriages before Natalie. And so, you know, again, it was he might, he might not. So just shared with her, and we didn't know what his answer would be, but we were trusting him that he would do us good. And God did exactly one year from Natalie's funeral, Gina was born and then shared just in as we named her and all the meaning, but it was an opportunity for her to trust God. We were right there with her. We were trusting God too, but to appropriately share opportunities with her to trust God. Then the next stop on the route is the hand, and this is actually helping kids know even physically the steps you take to love others, to share and give. Well, when Jessica was um, later ones, someone was coming over and it was very obviously I needed to coach Jessica and how to share and to work with her on sharing. And so before the friend came over, we did some role playing. And I said, okay, I'm going to be you and you be your friend and you come and you're gonna, you're gonna ask me, can I play with your doll? 
I would respond like, like she was supposed to in Sherry. And then we did some switching and I was the girl coming up. She was Jessica and there was her doll and I would ask her, could I play with your doll? And she would hand it to me. And then we talked about some scenarios that might come up. Like what if she plays with it a long time? Here's how you respond. And I mean, we didn't go into great detail, but just some basics and it went well. So when they're young, you may need to role play some of the basic steps in some of these goals. When they're older, there's kind of a three-step thing you can kind of hold in your mind. It's I do it and tell you why or how I did it. Then step two, I do it while you're with me. We talk about it, talk about how and why I'm, you know, I did it. And then three, I give you an opportunity to do it and you come back and you tell me how it went. And we talk about how you did it, any thoughts or questions you had. And again, in this, like with the other, if in the process of doing something, you realize their thoughts like, oh, this is this is awfully difficult to do, or I don't really want to do it. You just bring those out so that they, they're not caught off guard. They know these same thoughts and emotions may hit them, or just same, same kind of difficulties, like, gosh, I need to ask for help. Well, those are the steps in the root. The ear getting their attention, the mind getting enough content in there that they know what it is they're supposed to become, and why the eyes helping them envision themselves becoming that type of person, the person who has all these things packed into them, then the mouth helping them actually say, yes, this is the right thing, quote scripture, tell the definition of what it is. And then heart helping them find some situations where they have to make a choice and where it's going to help it move from true to real. And they're going to see that this really works, that this is something extremely important. Then to the hand of just how you do it, what it looks like when you're doing it, what steps you take. Thank you, Erica, for asking me to do this. This has been really fun. Well, Deborah, I've really enjoyed hearing all of your examples and and hearing your teaching on these very important um, methods. Um, I, I was sitting here thinking it is really a long road, but it's also very fast. It goes really fast and there's a lot of opportunities for us to practice these these things with our children. Um, I think one of the things that I was thinking through as we're wrapping up was the verse in Galatians where it talks about if we do not grow weary, we will reap a harvest. And so I just, I think as I'm sitting here thinking about my own parenting, I have to think about, you just, I have to just keep on doing these things and bringing them before the Lord and evaluating and asking him to guide my steps. So I really think that this will be helpful for the moms as they do that in their own parenting. So thank you so much, Deborah. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.